0: Let us pray. Startle us, O God, with your truth, and open us to your love. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight, for you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this evening, the group gathered here started with a question. I asked them to share a story about feeling connected or disconnected in these days of pandemic. Describe, I said, some experience you've had during this time of pandemic that has felt either very lonely or isolating or difficult for you, and or talk about a time at which you were pleasantly surprised that you did feel connected to somebody else. We shared some fun, warm stories of important, if rare, moments of connection. We also shared some of the loneliness and grief that has been difficult in this season. And of course, those difficult stories are also important to share. Here's what I shared. I shared that preaching to my iPhone has been a very lonely experience for me. I don't look forward to the experience of preaching in a room by myself. I find it harder to get excited about writing sermons these days, knowing that I'll be preaching them by myself. I've also found it to be lonely to be away from our church community, where sermons often lead to conversations with all of you about what's going on in your life. I will admit that my own yearning for connection is part of what led to these small group gatherings that we're starting this week. I'm really excited to be here in Liz and Pat's backyard today. I will uh, admit that that's a part of what we're doing. And what we're doing today is different. It's different from going to Knox and preaching to hundreds of people in our church building, but it is a lot better than preaching to my phone. And the way things used to be pre COVID, I never had time for an extended conversation with half a dozen people right after the sermon. And so, In addition to this being different in some ways that are hard, it is also a great opportunity. So that's what I shared. And at this point, if you're watching with a group of people at home, I'd invite you to pause the video and to have a conversation about that subject. What has been a point of connection or disconnection for you? I shared that story about me and I asked this group to tell their own stories, and I did that for a reason. This strange time that we're living in is what the Bible refers to as wilderness time. The Bible also calls it exile. Feeling lonely or disconnected or removed from your normal life is a kind of exile. Today and throughout the fall, we're going to be talking about how we navigate wilderness times as people of faith. Today, we're starting a fall series of sermons that will be drawn from two sources in the Bible. The first source is the book of Jeremiah. Back on August 16th and August 23rd, I started talking about some wisdom from Jeremiah for times of exile and wilderness. Jeremiah spoke to the people of Israel when they were living through their own time of exile. They were sent away from their home in Jerusalem to live in exile in the conqueror city of Babylon. Jeremiah shared with them an instruction from God. He told them to seek the welfare of the city to which I have sent you, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Seek the welfare of the city to which I have sent you, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. In other words, in times like the ones we are living in, you've got to play the hand you've been dealt. Or as some like to say it, dance with the one who brung you. We've got to do this. Because pining away for the coronavirus to just be over already is only going to make you more miserable and pretending that the coronavirus doesn't matter will not keep you safe. So we've got to do the best we can with the situation that we've got. We've got to seek the welfare of this city to which we've been sent. That's the message, the theme from Jeremiah that we'll be exploring this fall. There will also be New Testament lessons that are the focus of each week in this series, words from the gospel according to Matthew. We will start today with Jesus' words in chapter 5, words known as the Beatitudes. Today I'm going to begin by doing some teaching on the Beatitudes. This should be some good context for all of the stories, all the texts that we're going to be studying this fall. The Beatitudes are the introduction of what is called the Sermon on the Mount. It is Jesus' greatest collection of teachings found in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Matthew sets up the Sermon on the Mount this way. He says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And then he began to speak, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is the first of eight beatitudes, eight blessings that Jesus gives to the people who are gathered around him. Blessed are those who mourn, he says. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's very important that these words are understood as blessings given by Jesus, and not as instructions saying what we should do. The Greek grammar makes it clear. Jesus does not start his sermon by saying, Go out and find something to mourn and be unhappy about. Go out and be hungry. Go be thirsty. Go be poor in spirit. And if you seek out suffering in these ways, you will then be blessed. No. What Jesus says is I know your spirits might not be feeling rich these days. I know you are mourning things you have lost and things you are missing. I know you are hungry and you thirst for something better. Please receive my blessing. For God has not forgotten about you. This is how Jesus welcomes his listeners to him as he begins his greatest sermon. Jesus knew that people he was preaching to in those days were living in a time of wilderness. The Roman Empire had occupied their city. Their Jewish leaders had become a puppet government that served the Romans. They extracted food and money from regular people in order to give it to the occupying armies. Can you imagine having trouble feeding your family because they were paying the soldiers by squeezing you for every penny? Can you imagine having a foreign power occupy your homeland and make all the rules? How long would this go on, they must have asked. How can you carry on a normal life in times such as this? Jesus knows these are hard times for these people. The opening words of his sermon are meant to show that he understands. I knew that was going to happen sooner or later. There's a lot of acorns up here. If you back out a little further from the Sermon on the Mount and you look at the first several chapters of Matthew, you see evidence of the same message, the same teaching. God is trying to reassure us that we are cared for and that God can be trusted in hard times. Let's look for a moment at how Matthew sends that message in the way that he crafts the story of Jesus' life. So the book of Matthew begins with the birth of Jesus, of course, and that story is followed right away by the awful story of King Herod seeking to eliminate this new rival king by slaughtering all of the infants in his land. Mary and Joseph are warned in a dream about this, and they escape with the child Jesus to Egypt. Later on, Jesus returns to Israel, and before beginning his ministry— He is baptized in water, and he will go into the wilderness for 40 days of temptation. The wilderness times will build up his spiritual stamina for what lies ahead in his ministry. Only after that time in the wilderness does Jesus begin his ministry, which he does by going up to the mountain for the great Sermon on the Mount. Now, Matthew has a good reason for including each of these details as he tells the story of Jesus' life. Matthew, you see, is the most Jewish of the four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He is always referring back to the Old Testament to reinforce the idea that this man, Jesus, is consistent with the God of the Jewish people. So this story about Jesus that begins with the slaughter of innocent children, baptism in water, a time in the wilderness, wilderness, the emergence of a new leader, and a journey up to the mountaintop. We've heard this story before. This is the story of Moses. At the time when Moses was born, The Hebrew slaves had become too numerous in Egypt, and Pharaoh became afraid. So he ordered the slaughter of all newborn male children. But two midwives hide Moses away, and they place him among the reeds in the Nile River. The child Moses survives and will grow to lead his people out of Egypt and into the promised land of Israel. But only after they pass through the waters of the Red Sea and they wander in the wilderness for forty years. And Moses will give a great address, a sermon, if you will, to the Hebrews to give them God's law. He will begin it with the Ten Commandments that he receives how and where? Because he goes up to the mountaintop. Slaughter of Infants passing through water, wandering in the wilderness, the emergence of a new leader who goes up to the mountaintop, the way that Matthew tells the story of Jesus is not an accident. Moses and Jesus are both going to be great teachers of the people. They are going to show the people how to live together in their time of wilderness. The instructions they give will not always be easy to follow. So why should people listen? They should listen because of all that God has done for them already. This is the God who freed them from slavery and delivered the people to the Promised Land. This story has been a part of the fabric of their ancestors' lives for countless generations. And that's why one afternoon, having heard amazing things about this young rabbi Jesus, who is traveling through the land called Galilee, crowds of people gather on a mountainside to hear what he has to say. They are living in a wilderness of oppression. They are overcome by the power of the Roman Empire that holds sway over every aspect of their lives. And they seek a Savior who understands what it is like them and Jesus steps onto the mountaintop and he says to them blessed are you who are poor in spirit for yours is the kingdom of heaven my friends there is no doubt that we are living in a wilderness season these days that many of us are feeling poor in spirit COVID-19 has upset so many of our normal ways of being. We do not know how long this wilderness wandering will last. We do not know what the promised land may look like when we get there. We are getting weary of the journey. And like the Israelites, we may at times wish to go back to Egypt, to the habits and rhythms that were familiar to us before. Even if we know that doing so would be unsafe, to have strength for the journey, we have to believe that our God can be trusted. So we look back and we remember that we have heard this story before. We are not the first people to find ourselves in the wilderness and that God will see us through it. Wilderness times are hard But we must figure out ways to journey through them, to go safely, to go together, and to build one another up along the way. Amen.